0: This is a diet of Brussels. Happy birthday to us! Well, I've uh, decided to lash out and I'm sitting on the rickety bench at the end of the garden watching the sunset after a glorious day, which is probably as close to birthday celebration as this podcast will ever get. It's been exactly a year since uh, I decided that I'd start this podcast. Hot on the heels of David Cameron's unexpected election win. And uh, since then, we've done probably about 165, something like that, 170 episodes, somewhere in the region of 20 hours if you include all the other bits, which is a bit more than I thought it would be, but it's been enjoyable. So, as so we watch the clouds glow pink and red, and we watch the planes go to interesting places. Let's maybe think a little bit about what we've learned over the past uh, 12 months. I think the first thing that really springs to mind is the importance of hostages to fortune. David Cameron came into the general election with a commitment to hold a referendum and uh, I think part of me thinks that possibly part of his uh, decision back in 2013 to make that uh, promise was grounded on a suspicion that he wasn't going to become next prime minister or that he would be in a coalition and he wouldn't have to follow through on this however having made that commitment and having won the election uh, he's been tied into this course of action in the past 12 months have been uh, conditioned completely by that uh, one uh, statement uh, made uh, over three years ago. Obviously I think a little bit about this uh, myself because I seem to rashly remember uh, promising that I would carry on doing the podcast until the referendum took place, uh, hoping, I think, that it would all be over by Christmas, uh, which it is, just not the Christmas that I thought it would be. So... uh, past commitments are important in all of this. And I think you can see that really in another big thing that has been, uh, for me, one of the the key factors of the past year. Cameron's presentation of this referendum was always that it was a renegotiation and a referendum. That he would go to Brussels, he would get a better deal for the British, and he would then take that to the people for a vote. He's done uh, something like that, he's gone to Brussels, he's got uh, a package, uh, it's been approved uh, by his fellow heads of state and government back in uh, March and February. Um, but the referendum's not really about that. If you listen to David Cameron, uh, he doesn't really talk about the renegotiation, uh, he doesn't talk about this uh, new settlement as it was uh, more properly called. Now partly that's because his uh renegotiation didn't really renegotiate anything fundamental it's not a, a treaty change it's a, a commitment to action uh, to possibly change some things um it's clearly uh, not as big as some of the uh the big uh, objectives that he outlined when he, he first talked about this about repatriating powers or about reasserting parliamentary sovereignty or uh Any of these kinds of uh, things that uh, have come up from time to time. So possibly he's a little bit uh, embarrassed uh, about what he's got. But I think it also goes to a a deeper uh, reality, which is that it was never going to be about the the package uh, that was uh, being discussed. It was always going to be about membership as a whole. A lot of the questions we've talked about on this podcast, that people have talked about on the street, in the media, wherever, have been about the big questions about, is it worth it? Do we get a good deal? Uh, You know, where's the accountability? Where's the democracy? Where's the benefit? All of those things are not really changed and never were going to be changed uh, fundamentally by the renegotiation. And if you want to win the argument, you have to go for the bigger picture that it's not about the success or the failure of David Cameron in this uh, this process. It's about how you see the UK's place in the system. This maybe then is the third key thing that has uh, really struck me over the past 12 months. One of my big motivations for doing this was uh, an awareness and understanding uh, based on evidence that people don't know very much. And over the past twelve year, twelve months, twelve years, gosh, uh, over the past twelve months, uh, I have met uh, a lot of people. And I've talked to a lot of people about the UK and about the EU and about their relationship. And it's true that a lot of people don't feel confident that they understand the system. Um, between now and the twenty third of June, I've got a diary that's full of speaking engagements and panel discussions and talks and who knows what else trying to explain to people who you would have hoped would have some confidence in their views, but who seem to not really know uh, one end of the system from the other. And again, I think this reflects a a longer-term problem in British politics, but I think also in European politics, which is that participation and awareness is on the wane, that people uh, neither know nor care too much about these things until... Uh, their kind of uh, fears and concerns become more material. Now, that's a, a concern uh, because the very worst thing that could happen in this referendum is a decision that people real come to realise is not what they thought it would be. Now, that's a, a fear that's usually expressed on the the Remain side. That you know, maybe if we leave, you know, this, people will see the scales will fall from people's eyes, uh, and they'll see what a terrible mistake it's all been. But I think it's also true uh, on the other side, that, you know, if we say we're staying in, that people will sink back in saying, oh, well, we've sorted that out. I didn't really care all that much about it. We can not worry about it for a generation or uh, for however long. And people won't understand. And, uh, you know, I've met as many people who are pro-EU who don't really understand the system as I've met uh, anti-EU people who don't understand the system. And in my perspective, neither of those positions is uh, really very good in the longer term, because it means that the system's then likely to not work in a way that's good for anybody. So, what have we got? We've got two months, uh, not even two months now, uh, left of this uh, campaign. Uh, We've got uh, the local elections out of the way, the regional elections, uh, the national elections. Uh, as we should call them Uh, so now we've got hopefully uh, a clear run people will be able to give their unbridled attention to what is still to come now I say that slightly sarcastically and ironically because I have a sensation that uh, that might not be the case that people will still find other things to do like sitting out in their garden and watching the sunset because it's slightly more interesting than talking about the EU and its impact on wages or uh, the democratic deficit now, I can sympathise with that, uh, I can empathise with that, but at the same time, I think it's really important that we need to keep on discussing these issues. So in these last few weeks, what I want to try and do is go around some of the big issues again, think about some of the, the big picture stuff. If you haven't already listened to my longer podcasts, uh, A Diet of Cabbage, uh, one of my triumphs of naming, uh, then I'd really recommend you go and listen to those and you can find those on our website at www.adietofbrussels.com or on SoundCloud uh, where if you type Diet of Brussels uh, you'll find me and a bunch of people trying to make you slimmer and healthier. Uh, I don't really care about you being slimmer or healthier, I care about you being more informed. So, one of the things I'm really keen to carry on doing, and I think it's been one of the things that I'm really glad that I have done, is I'm going to keep on asking you to send in your suggestions. Over the past year, I've had any number of uh, queries and comments, and you've hopefully had all of them addressed and dealt with as we've gone along. Um, It's more useful, as I always say, for me to talk about the things you want to listen to than for me to talk about the things I think you ought to hear, because uh, that's not really a very good way of doing it. So, I hope you will send in your suggestions. You can do that on the website or on Twitter. If you go to uh, my hashtag or my user handle, which is at a diet of Brussels. And uh, I'm really happy to uh, give you a prompt reply on all of those things. And frankly, the more esoteric it is, the uh, probably the more interesting it is for me to go and find out uh, how to do it. So, last thing I think to say is thank you. Uh, I know that some of the people who uh, have uh, followed me have listened to pretty much every episode I've done and view you have only my sympathy. Uh, I know that my voice is reputed to be soothing and calming, but uh, that's not really a good enough reason. So, I hope that means that I'm doing a a good job. But if you don't listen, then, you know, I understand. But uh, the fact that you do listen, and in ever-increasing numbers, I hope, is a sign that this is a useful thing. So... For the last uh, leg of this, uh, until we reach the referendum, uh, I will wish you a very good evening, and here's to uh, the next episodes.